0: All right, guys, uh, second paragraph. Let's read that. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So, what paragraph titles did you guys uh, come up with through that?
1: This was hard. You think so? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah? This is not me
1: at all. Uh, I read the text and I summarize and I go to the comments and it doesn't matter what text it is, if it's from the Bible or or in my work. Yeah. And, and, uh... It uh, doesn't matter. I, I I just summarize and find mm. the core. Of it. So this whole home, homework was uh, really hard. Uh, I I have uh, read this like ten times since yesterday, mm. and I still haven't. Uh, I just find like uh, like a summary. It's it's uh, everything for Christ for or for Christ. Or something mm. like that. But I, I I struggle with not. Uh, going, moving forward. We're not summarizing.
0: We're not uh, finding the meaning. We're just staying with, with uh, analyzing the text. Mm, mm. Really hard. Mm. for me Okay. No worries. What about you guys? Did you guys yeah, love prayers, thank, and refreshed? Love prayers, thank, and refreshed. Okay. Yeah.
2: Go ahead. I have. Uh... Love to Jesus, and
0: then I'm not 100% sure how to translate it, but joys, or makes joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I ended up putting here was I um, I wrote, thank God for you. Because that was it, it, to me, it seemed to be the gist of what he was doing. He's remembering his prayers. Uh, he gets a lot of joy and has a lot of love for him. And all this seems to be manifested in his thankfulness to God for Philemon and the rest of them were there. So that's why I just put, thank God for you. Hmm. Um, let's go to the next paragraph. Um, uh, Victor, do you mind reading it? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay,
3: From verse uh, 8.
0: Yeah. yeah, 8 to 16.
3: Yeah. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, But I prefer to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bond servant, but more than a bond servant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh
0: and in the Lord. Mm. Okay. How did this paragraph go?
2: Yes, so I had the uh, love is without force.
0: Love is? Without force or command. Love is without force or command. Okay. What What? what made you land on those words? Well, it's, I think this, um, because it, it starts out with this that
2: uh, says that. He could command him to mm. what is a crime,
0: but, mm. but because of the
2: love, it's he it chose not to do it. And mm. he also mm. talks about this uh, uh, onis- onisimus and how he wants him to to be free now because of the love mm. for mm. Christ. So that, yeah. That's
0: okay. Right. Did you guys have anything different?
3: Yeah, I wrote a pill. For
0: uh, unismus,
1: servitude, for sort of.
0: okay. bond mm-hmm.
1: and um, I again I struggle to find words in the text to use for for this. It, it, it just summarizes when I read it; it summarizes down to, to uh, own free will or freedom of will, and, mm. and those words aren't in the text, but this is what what I would put. That? Yeah.
0: Well, you guys are, you guys are obviously, you're catching very clearly what, what is happening here. He is Paul and I, I this out a little bit further, but, um, Paul had the authority to, to very much directly tell, uh, Philemon, Hey, you need to let him go, but he chooses a different way. And so, um, and, and, and he does this. He, he, I think he intentionally does this. There In that section, there were two words that were repeated twice. There was uh, appeal was repeated twice. And bond servant was repeated twice. And so, I in my title, I put uh, appeal for bond servant Onesimus. Um, Because that was the, inf- uh, the emphasis of this. It was uh, an appeal from, from Paul. And it didn't have to be more complicated than that. It covers the gist of what is being said there. And then once we go past this and we start to to look in each section and say, okay, what were the key words in that section? Um, that's when you start to write down the little key words or phrases that provide some of the color and detail to it. So for me, it, it seemed good enough to to write appeal for bondservant anismus, it covered the whole general gist of what was being said. All right, 17 through 20. Um, yeah, I'll read it. So it says, "If you so, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has uh, wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul." Write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Okay, so um, this is what I wrote as a paragraph title. You guys can say if you came up with something different. I simply wrote um, receive him as me. It was the gist of what I thought there. Did somebody have something?
3: Yeah, I wrote uh, repay your repayment also.
0: Pay your repayment. Charge them to me. Charge them to me. Okay.
3: Yes,
2: now I have the iPaul to bill. Ah, I like that one.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um. Okay, and then. 21 and 22, uh, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Okay. Um, Who's got something? I
2: have uh, trust and
0: prayer. Trust in prayer, okay? Where did you choose that one? Well, it's because um, it's the end of it where he talks about that
2: uh, he hopes to, I read it as that he hopes to be set free from the prison,
1: Mm, from the
2: prayers Mm. uh, of the church. Mm. Yeah, so I think he has this trust that, that through the prayer God can
0: and free him from the prison, so he can come to them. Okay. Victor, what what about you? What did you have? Obedience, hope, and preparation. Obedience, hope, and preparation. Okay. And what about you, Daniel?
1: I'd say
0: obedience and given. Hmm. Okay. I I landed on... um, I landed on these four words, uh, confident you will more. And it was, um, he's confident, you know, he's saying these things to, to Philemon, he's confident that he's going to, um, he's going to give in and f- basically forgive. And, uh, but that he's going to do even more than just the basic, accept him in that he's going to do, uh, provide a blessing for Paul himself so that's why I chose confident you will more and then the last uh, paragraph uh, Epaphras my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends greetings to you and so to Mark uh, Aristarchus uh, Demas and Luke my fellow workers the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit what did you? How did you end this, Daniel? Um, I didn't. Okay. But
1: going through now, I have to say it's also not in text, but, but love, but maybe greetings to you. Mm. Greetings. Yeah, I wrote sent greetings to you. Yeah. I think that's summarizes Yeah. Yeah.
0: Something similar.
2: Jaquan? Yeah. Greetings uh, from my workers.
0: Yeah, uh, I wrote uh, fellow. Um, Fellow workers and greetings. That's the way he ends it. And I guess you guys can uh, see this. This is a very, very personal letter that Paul is sending. And, uh, and so it's, it's a letter. It's a, a very personal one dealing with something <clears throat> that's important to Paul. Uh, but interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys noticed this detail. Paul didn't just write it to Philemon, so it wasn't just a a personal letter. Like if I wrote Victor, I had an issue, I just write Victor a personal letter or something. He writes it uh, to many people, and he includes many people in it. The church in
3: your house, yeah, for everyone.
0: Yeah, and so there. And I think there's a reason why, as we start to flesh this out, I think there's a reason why he did that. That I. Wrote down eventually. But, so, let's go to this part, okay? And we don't need to keep reading it each time. But then let's talk about, in each paragraph, what were some of the key words that stuck out to you? That you put in, in, the, in the little box. And that's how you were supposed to do it. You write your title in each one. And then you put in key words that you, you really noticed that stuck out to you. Okay? and let's just start with the first um, paragraph. What were some, uh, the keywords that you included in in that first box, in the inside box?
2: Well, I had uh, prisoner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I also had
0: prisoner. Yeah.
2: And then church. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, also house. Uh
0: the church in your house hmm what what uh, why did you um, I'm gonna ask that one why did you put uh, the church in your house why did you include that it, it's not wrong this is just me um, wanting to understand yes. what what you put behind that
2: well because I think it's uh, it has something to do with the context because today uh, I compared maybe I compared a bit today because today a lot of churches they are in in buildings, big, and we have these churches, big churches, and and, and when we read, read this, it's like okay, the church is in its own house, so it's, it's a mm. smaller uh, congregation, mm. and I think that's that's interesting, mm. uh, and maybe that's something we can learn from that.
0: Yeah, that's good. We're going to come back to that. I I. I I uh, made note of that as well, church in your house. Um, did anybody else uh, notice anything else in that first um, three verses
3: that you yeah, included? He separate between Philemon who is a fellow worker and Archippus who is our fellow soldier.
0: Mm. So that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. That's what I did as well. brother, You noticed that as well? Brother, worker, and soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the only one, um, actually, there were two others that I included in there. Um, I included uh, the word "beloved," um, which is a, a real uh, term of affection, and then, um, and then I wrote in there uh, "grace and peace," and I think those um, uh, are really important, and the reason being is um, uh, Paul, that was how Paul identified himself in that time. You know, they're sending these letters by, people are carrying letters, and at the time, uh, all these guys, they would write things, and there was, <laughs> there was fake news before there was fake news. They would send out things and say it was from so-and-so, you know? And it was a way that they were deceiving people to try to gain money from people or whatever. And so Paul would write in his letters in a certain way to help people who know who are reading it for the first time to know that it was actually from him. And so he included grace and peace in there as something is a way to show that this is actually from him. So, good. That was good. All right. But so before we take it into... Um, the observations and asking questions and what they could lead to. Let's just go through all of the inside box here. Let's look at the next paragraph. Okay, um, what was uh, what was some things? The biggest things that stuck out for you guys?
2: Yeah, I had uh, I had love and faith. Okay. Um, yeah. And I just think it's, yeah, faith is uh, repeated several times, I think. Or... Uh,
0: oh, it is. At least
2: twice. Yeah. And that's just, then
3: it must be important. Mm. Yeah. I also include the uh, thank or thanks. Mm. This is where I started. I thank my God always for in my
0: prayers. Mm.
3: And that's the sort of gesture of
0: the entire passage. Mm. He's
3: grateful for the works and deeds mm. and the faith that the
1: church has.
0: Mm.
1: And I have Lord Jesus and Christ. Maybe again because I always try to summarize and focus on things I don't mean to be rude but I think it's 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 like any letter it's a bit of blah 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 and then you focus on what's important Jesus. Mm. blah 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 blah. Christ. Mm. Yeah. I don't mean to to uh, be new to
0: this text, but I, I mean, just washed out. It's it's about Jesus. And it's about your relationship with Christ. Hmm. I I included in this process. I I um. There was in this particular thing, um, a particular paragraph. He uses many words that are. Almost sort of like emotional words, joy, comfort, brother, and uh, my brother. And so what you see of it, um, it's a real. This is a real term of endearment. The way he's writing in this, uh, it's it's very personal to him. And I think if we if we flesh that out, right. Um, You start to see here that, and I think this could be a, um, well, I think what you would see in this is that um, a timeless truth is is the ones we were talking about, is that uh, relationships are foundational to the kingdom of God. They were back then, they are today, that the kingdom uh, amongst churches, everything is built on relationships. And in this, you see that Paul is going very far in maintaining his relationship to to Philemon. And instead of using his authority, he's appealing to the heart, you know? And, And also, think about it from this perspective. Onesimus was a bondservant. And a bondservant at that time, right, was that you... You either will, it was like what we call willful obedience. You, you chose to, to be a, a servant to somebody or you became a servant to somebody, for example, if you owed them something, maybe you owed them a great deal of money and you couldn't pay it back. Okay. Then you had to be a bond servant until that, that uh, debt was paid. And so, so just think of it this way, apparently Onesimus had fled from Philemon and potentially still owed him something, and to think about this is that he—he he was actually free in Christ. He was free, and what you can see from this is that actually Paul uh, is making it clear, particularly in this next paragraph that we haven't read yet, from eight to sixteen, that as Christians we—we we were no longer to look at the same. Accept uh, the same sort of cultural norms as as was accepted by everybody else. Yet he still sent Onismus back. He he Onismus was delivering this letter himself to Philemon. He's sending him back with the expectation of you need to make this relationship right. And if we look at it through our own cultural glasses, that seems a bit crazy. Because he could have went back, potentially, and had to fulfill his debt. But he still, it was important for him to make things right. But Paul went beyond that and was saying, look, Philemon, I will cover his debt. I don't want you to hold that on him, hold it against me so therefore, I want you to accept him as a brother. Is it just what they're saying there? Mm. Okay. Um, So in the next particular paragraph, um, I'll just start off. um, Things that stuck out to me uh, was this phrase he wrote. First, to do what is required was a a sentence there or a little phrase. And then the next thing that I underlined this was yet and then he goes on, for love's sake. And that showed that to me that what it shows is a contrast that's happening here. Right? Philemon very well knows to follow Christ, he has to look at at this whole issue of, of slavery, being his servants. He has to look in a different way. And so he knows that's required of him. And yet Paul is not focusing in that direction. He's contrasting and saying, but for love's sake, he's appealing to, he's appealing to the heart. Mm. And then of course, the, the word bond was a big one there. What about you guys? Did you guys see similar things or were, did you catch on something different?
1: Uh, I just uh, stuck with this uh, that is in, in uh, I don't know what you call it Oh, uh, uh,
0: parentheses. yeah
1: formerly he was useless to you mm-hmm. now he is indeed useful to you and me mm. if he was uh, uh, it is a, uh, a different way of looking at, at useful because if he was a servant of the uh, he was surely useful, mm. in, a, in a worldly, worldly sense. But uh, now that he is uh, a of the church when he is born again Christian, he is useful in a totally different way.
0: Mm. Mm. It's a good observation.
3: Yeah, I also mm. observed that he said so that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment with the gospel. Mm. So he still recognizes that he is Philemon's servant. Mm. He's out and serving all. He's actually out there on Philemon's behalf. That's an interesting
0: Mm. Mm. observation.
3: I also wrote down uh, Prisoner. Yeah. It's an ongoing theme uh, throughout the entire
0: Yeah. The, he uses that yeah, word prisoner. prisoner also for mm. Mm. I think that word he. Yeah, let's see. One, two. Yeah, he repeats that word three times. Starts it and ends it and then puts it again in the middle there. Mm.
2: Yeah, I had some of the same words and then also I had uh, this. I noticed the old man. And that's just because. I just thought, why, why do you want to tell him that? He knew, I think he knew his age. Also. So mm. it's just, it's interesting why that's mm. an important thing to, to write down.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, to me, when I, when I first read this, and I had to just like, okay, is this just my own experiences? Am, am I interpreting it in that way? But it, 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 it comes across as, do you guys know the phrase uh, heavy-handed? Yeah, have you heard that phrase before? And that means like you, you are, wow, you're really like, almost like shaming somebody. And it feels like Paul is really approaching this as like he's, he's laying on the guilt. In this, like, hey, I'm this old man. I need a Onesimus. Oh, and and then in this next section where he says, um, um, I write with my own hands. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me even your own self. He's like, hey, dude, you owe me one. And that's the kind of impression I got from this. And I, I think it could be read like that. But also... He, he was actually sincerely appealing, and not just trying to put on a guilt trip. But he was putting on pretty thick there.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't really give a lot of wiggle room for for. for, for
0: yeah. Because
1: he says, "I could tell you mm. what I'm asking. Mm. I want you to do this out of free will, but." I, and mm. and I am confident of mm. your obedience mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is not much room the rumor in, in it, but it, it also but it also shows that, like I said yesterday the respect that I don't want to push this on you mm.
0: but I expect you to to do it so let me ask okay then remember the the why questions are the bridge from observation to interpretation, and so the question that I would ask is, why do you think Paul wrote it in this particular way? Because it's important. Okay. Because
1: uh, I I, uh, I feel that he uh, maybe he doesn't have the, the confidence in Philemon to make this decision. Uh, all the way through Uh, and and maybe um, forgive and forget as well as use as well as uh, maybe let us serve and be uh, equal in in Christ uh, and and make it 100% maybe he doesn't have confidence in that a will do that on his own Uh, so he uh, he, he stresses, uh, and, and is asking him to do it out of his own free will and for uh, for the love of God, for, for mm. Christ's sake. Mm. But he's also, in a sense, telling him mm. uh, because you will uh, see that that this this obeying this will uh, serve a greater purpose. Obeying this will be part of of. Uh, well, like giving away your recording like this, mm-hmm. right? obeying this, will, you don't see, may, maybe you don't see the bigger picture, but you need to uh,
0: fill this hole, you need to do this, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're hitting something. Uh, one of the details that I noticed and I, I came to, because I was asking that question, I originally asked the question, why would Paul emphasize that he's a prisoner? you know but it connects with why would he write this letter in this way and I think one of the keys to answering this is to to remember he's not only writing to to Philemon there's an audience here and it's as you said it's it's important because think of it like this this is a brand new church right this letter was written they they're assuming it's probably written about 60 or 61 AD and so it's a very uh, shortly after uh, Christ's death and resurrection it's a very new church and so they are sorting out a whole well, lot we of know things approximately where did, uh you know, a bit. there is some assumptions that are made and what, uh, what they are assuming is that he lived fairly near to. Um, I'm probably going to butcher how you pronounce it, but Colosse. You know where the letter to the Colossians. Yeah. This is a church in in Colossea, or whatever, you, however you say it. The scholars suggest that Philemon probably lived fairly close to there. Because this worker Epaphras, which is mentioned in this letter, is also mentioned in Colossae in, in Colossians, and so they there is a uh, an, a thought that potentially Paul was not only imprisoned in Rome. That's the only place we know for sure that Paul was imprisoned, but potentially imprisoned also in in Colossae, and that Philemon, because he mentions about wanting to stay with Philemon. And so Philemon would have most likely lived fairly close to that area, to answer that question. But my back to the, the point that comes out of this is, is Daniel said, this because this, this was an important deal, because what you're dealing with is, is a big issue, a big um, theme that was culturally acceptable at the time, which was slavery. And it was, it was a normal practice. But it's obviously, from our perspective today, unthinkable. But it wasn't back then. And so Paul is helping these people, not just by Lehman, but all of this group around him, all these other people he mentioned, and the church that meets in his house. Hey, if you're in Christ, you're to treat these people as brothers and sisters. And so this was, the timeless truth that I took out of this was that Christians, um, how, did I, how did I phrase it? Christians are required to not accept and live by cultural norms. We have to think differently than our culture does. When it, when, uh, what is accepted by the culture
1: doesn't line
0: up with the word of God. So that was the timeless truth that I led out of that line of thinking and questioning. Hmm. Yeah. hmm. In the last uh, two paragraphs there, they're very short. Were there any words that, that popped out for you guys that you made note of? We're still on paragraph one, two, three. Um, I I just sort of uh, thought we had hit all of the main yeah. words out of that those three. So I'm looking at sort of the bottom bottom three. Mm-hmm. If there are any uh, words out of the bottom three that paragraphs that stuck out to you guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
2: number from verse seventeen, it's uh, I have two words. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the one is not in English, but that's the bill, of, mm. uh, because uh, yeah, it's it's interesting what is uh, what is the bill, and it has something to do with issues, uh, and but it's yeah to to know more about that because that's not part of our culture today. Mm. And then also uh, uh, he says that he read this with my own hand. Mm. And that must mean that the thing he's about to write now is something very important because
0: he has to do it with his own hand and not mm. with him. Because, and I guess you guys know this, Paul didn't always write all of these letters by his own hand. Mm. He had uh, guys maybe like Luke uh, or others who traveled with him to, to dictate things for him. And so, yeah, it, it really um, communicates that this is of high importance.
1: And the thing that follows is, uh, is of high importance, I will repay it. So to say that you're uh, owing me even yourself. It mm-hmm. uh, would not have the same bearing if someone else it. If, if I had some, someone else writing, mm-hmm. uh, you actually owe him. That is not as much as I'm saying... Use my name. This is... uh, I'll pay it. Uh, You can use my name. You can... I I will... uh,
0: Yeah. Front this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we we talked before about Paul uh, appealing to... uh, Mm -hmm to Philemon, but I I think potentially not just Philemon, but to the people who were serving with Philemon to appeal to their hearts. Um, It was not by compulsion. What what sort of theme do you think that he's really, obviously from today's perspective, we can see very clearly, slavery is wrong, it's bad. what what sort of uh, important thing do you you think he's trying to hit in the way he's speaking to Philemon there? Uh, I'm
1: reading this as as he's trying to change Philemon's way of looking at uh, Onesimus and and, and the bigger picture that he he uh, well well he's trying to. Make him look at it through Christ's eyes. So maybe as, as a human, not as a, uh, not as a part of his house, not as a part of a a, once- uh, a servant, uh, mm-hmm. or a slave, uh, but but as this person, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. You need to take care of this person. And mm-hmm. You're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it because mm-hmm. this is the way uh, that that. Christ wants it. This is the way that Christ taught us. This is the way that your life will flourish. This is the way His life will flourish. This is the way we will change our culture. This is the way we will be more Christ-like. We mm-hmm. need to do it mm-hmm. because He is a person. Uh, because He is loved. He is loved just as you're loved. He is loved the way I'm loved. And, and He's not a. He, he is not. Uh, He's not a brother, he's not a soldier, he's not a fellow worker, he's not, he's not one of these, he's not a bond he's, he's not an, an etiquette, mm. he, he's not a label, he is... You know, mm. thinking that is mm. What he wants to convey. Even to uh, the things that, that I am sure, I am confident in your obedience, and that you will do more than I ask. Mm. And, uh, that is also an encouragement, That is even... Even if I dictate these things, uh, God will will put on your heart to do more because I can't even uh, think of write down everything that God wants for for on this. Is, and he will He will put it on your heart on this. You know, will do more mm. uh, on this out of your love for Christ.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think what that what you're saying is leading up to back to what we originally said that foundationally in the kingdom of God relationships are are almost like the building blocks and when there are broken relationships those those are the things that have to be um, healed and taken care of no matter what kind of relationship it is those relationships need to be established and they need to be a, a different kind of relationship um and as you see in all of the way he describes people, I actually made a list of the people in the text, and then I, I wrote next to it um, how, they were, how Paul describes them, right? Uh, fighting beloved Timothy, brother, apothea, he writes sister. And all of these words, you see that these are relationships that he has, and these are like family, very dear to him. So relationships are are central to the kingdom of God, and how do you how do you heal a broken relationship? And there's only one way a broken relationship is healed. One question:
3: When yes. they, Paul says Timothy, our brother, and Epheia, our sister, he's using the same word in Greek, right? Uh, Adolphe. Who that? That's a
0: good question. I have to look it up. Did you look it up? Yeah, but
3: I mean, I. No, I know that they usually use Adolfi, and it means both brother and sister. Okay. Or sibling. But mm. translators usually prefer to go with brother or sister. Yeah. Or brothers and sisters.
0: Yeah. Using the introduction. I'm, I'm not as good with the with Greek, Greek language, so that's a good point. But they're family. Yeah. It, Very, family
3: And FBI are
0: on the equal status. Mm. That's really interesting. But healing these relationships in the kingdom, it's about forgiveness. That's the only way relationships are properly healed, is forgiveness. And so, out of that, really what he's he's challenging Philemon, (laughs) he's appealing, but though I think we can't mistake, he's putting in a very direct challenge to Philemon. And all the people with him, to pay attention to this, saying, I want you to forgive. And the timeless truth that I received out of that was extending and receiving forgiveness are is a central foundation to being a Christian. Right? We are all have and, and will either have caused a relationship to be broken in some way or have experienced it ourselves. And the way those relationships are healed is to forgiveness. Mm. Yeah. So in one way,
3: he's sort of setting an example for Philemon and the church. This is how you should handle
0: yes. situations like I, this. I'm confident of that. He, of course, Philemon is a dear brother. And that might be because he's, you know, several times he describes Philemon as... But beloved. You know, very ter- uh, warm uh, term of endearment there. I think maybe Paul feels comfortable enough to use his beloved friend and brother as an example. And, and that it won't ruin their relationship if he really makes this sort of thing a very public thing in a sort of teachable moment. Hmm. Now, was this, um, this idea of fleshing out timeless truths, was that, um, did you guys work towards that? Was that something that was a little bit unclear on how you do that? How, how did this process go for you in, far, in parts of trying to, to flesh out number four? Did you guys understand that concept when I was trying to explain it to you guys? I think so, but I found it really hard. Okay. Yeah, you, you need to give it a lot more time, I think. Really, really, over and
3: over and over, and over again.
0: Yeah. Well, that when I did this process, I'm just let you guys take a look at my, hopefully you can understand my, my scribbling. Um, that was, this process, it uh, was meant to, that's what it's meant to. What I highlighted in yellow, that's my process. I highlight it in yellow, what are timeless truths that would be truth for the church then and it's true for the church today. And then, because the whole point is, okay, what are we supposed to apply? You know? And those are the timeless truths. But it's not always that God is, when you sit down and and read something, that all of these truths that you find, right, uh, I think maybe it was Yaakov who put the focus that, or maybe several of you guys where you wrote um, the, ch- the church in your house Yeah.
1: well that became
0: very clear well hey when we say church today in our culture we think building
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the church is people that's that's the truth that's a timeless truth the church is not a building the church is people but it's not necessarily clear on necessarily how we would apply that but when you have these timeless truths that you're sorting out through this, like, oh, forgiveness is foundational. Okay? Then, the process that we go through with this is then, is to take this into prayer. Because the Holy Spirit, that's, he He's meant to, to teach us how to obey all the things that Jesus taught in His Word. And so, that is the sort of next step in the process. When you sort through this and you're asking these uh, "why" questions, why would Paul write it this way? And as you, right, as you said, Victor, this is meant to be a slow process. you know? It's, it's not meant to something that just you get done in 20 minutes. It's meant to take time, and, and we use the word "meditate, you know to think about it but then to to not just lead about gaining a bunch of facts about fighting in the church at that time, but, okay, God, in this process of these timeless truths, what are these things that you're trying to communicate to me? And so when I came across that one word about forgiveness, uh, it's very easy for the next step for me to like, okay, God, is there anybody that I... I Need to ask for forgiveness for something, or uh, is there someone I need to forgive? And then it's to wait, and and the Holy Spirit will, for sure, when you're putting your place yourself in that place to want to obey God, He for sure will will tell you.
1: Hmm. And
0: to choose, mm-hmm. and to choose—that's the timeless truth
1: I, I see in this. You yeah. need to choose mm-hmm. to look at. Uh, on like this, you need to choose, if you see me as a partner, you need to choose if you want to do things I say or if you don't, mm-hmm. you can choose to uh, make a room for me or you can choose not to pray that I will come to you, I see you, have to, you have to choose, mm-hmm. and that is uh, part of being an everyday Christian today, I think when when people say, uh, well, I've, you felt that, but that could have just been whatever. Mm. And, and I said yes, but I choose to see this as an answer to my prayer. Because I actually did pray for this, and, 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 and that is... Time is truth for me as well. And, and mm. That he leaves that you, you... I don't force you to do this if I leave, You don't so mm. you have to do this. And, and, and You have to choose to be a part of changing the way you want says. And you have to choose to be a part of loving. You have to choose
0: this way because it's ultimately your thing to live by, and it's not forced on you. So, do you? Can I ask you? Can I just ask questions? Yeah, of course. Um, When you're when you're reading about that or thinking about that, do you have you sensed any area in your life where you need to make a choice? Wow
1: i from too direct. No, no, I've been in many places where I've had to make a choice uh, and choose. I have a, a hard time. Uh, I've felt quite rejected growing up, and I have a hard time <laughs> feeling accepted. Uh, and I have had to find times where I have had to to choose. I have maybe felt it, but I have to choose that. Okay, I need to trust this. I need to trust maybe. Uh, God, I need to trust this situation, I need to trust that this person or, or church or this pastor or this, this uh, conveyor of faith is yeah. uh, wanting what's good for me. Mm. Uh, and all these things are choices that I've built. Uh, uh, I don't want f- Maybe wisdom, so that I can I, I feel that I don't, in, in relationship to maybe my kids, I don't have... Uh, when I grew up, I felt sometimes... Uh, my my aunt, my questions were, were answered by my parents and by the church. Because, because, mm. this is how we do it. Because, mm, mm, mm. this is how we do it. and This, this is what God wants of you. know mm. why and how. And, and I had a conversation with my mother uh, a few months ago where... Uh, where she was, w- would, would you really want your kids to listen to this music? Uh, and I said, yes. Why wouldn't they? Because we talk about what's in the text and we uh, ask God uh, how do we help persons who use this kind of language and how do we, we, we talk about these things because it is, mm. because it's their choice. Mm. They can choose to listen to this music. They can choose to do whatever they want with it and, and I am here. When, when I have built my faith on choices, when I have consciously chosen to put my life in God's hands, I am uh, I can feel that I'm standing much more sturdy uh, than my parents did. Mm. So when my kids uh, when our life uh, shake and, and their life shake I can be, well come, choose to come this direction choose to come to your family choose to come to God, choose to put everything in front of the cross and we'll just see where it takes you Mm. Instead of what I got, like, you should. You should because. Mm. You see the different things? felt like you grew up more without choice. Yeah. Uh, you, you can choose to be in or you can choose to be out. Mm. There's, mm. A, there's no gray area. And I don't mm. mean that Christianity is a gray area. I just mean that uh, Christianity is love of Jesus, love of God, love of Jesus. If uh, uh, some things that are... Um, uh, sin for me does not have to be sin for you. Uh, if I, may, perhaps, I cannot deal with... Uh, uh, say, I, I, I actually, and this is uh, true when I open space in this room, I had a, a problem with pornography mm. uh, a long time, mm. uh, because I felt rejected as a child, and, and this was this was a place where I found uh, nearness and... and, uh, and uh, I felt a part of things mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. <laughs> pornography, and when uh, when I, I chose chose to to do something about that, and when I chose something else, uh, it was uh, it was of course it was a big struggle, but it, it was so much more fulfilling than than. Uh, it was it was so much better than anything else mm. now I'm not saying that pornography is not a sin a sexual sin and, and things like this but I'm saying that things that will be sin for me today uh, will be things that maybe lead me back into yeah, addiction maybe lead me back into mm. things mm. the way that I was thinking. Mm. So for me, sin today it could be uh, I don't know a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition because that would lead me back to mm. to thinking and, 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 and uh, thinking of women mm. in, in a way that is uh, not that way of thinking. Mm. When Sports Illustrated, it could be a, a great thing for someone else. Mm. You not so this is what I'm trying to, to, uh, to really uh, tell me truth for me is that uh, sin is not a static thing. Uh, sin is what stands between me and the Lord mm. and that could be different things for everybody. Mm. Uh, which means that uh, when, when my children do something that my mother uh, di- dislikes, uh, it, it, it is because her perception of sin is one thing. My perception of sin is one thing, and their perception of, of life and sin is, is one thing. So the question is, uh, is this something that disturbs your relationship with Christ? Yes, mm. but then let's deal with it. Mm. No? Then feel free. You just need to, I need to tell my children and I need to tell everybody around you that if you if you stand on, on Christ, if you, if, if you feel okay with this, mm. having asked God, mm. then, then go with it. Mm. If 10 years from now you still feel okay with it, go with it. If 10 years from now your relationship with God has formed you that you maybe don't feel okay with this anymore, mm-hmm. leave it behind, leave it to Christ. Uh, do, you, do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and that choice mm-hmm. is uh, important to me, and that is the time that's because that does not put me in bondage, it doesn't put me in shame, it just overwhelms me with Christ's love. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to think about doing right, being right, saying right, everything like that. I just need to make sure that what I do is focus on Jesus. Mm. And when I succeed, those days that I succeed, there are great days. Mm. Days when I don't succeed, well, I struggle with like everything else. Mm. But the days that I succeed on, on focusing on Christ, it doesn't really matter if I had a bad time. It doesn't really matter because the days we focus on, on, on Christ. Mm-hmm. So this is... And I get this out of this text as well. You need to, you can choose, if you consider me your partner, choose to receive him Mm -hmm. uh, like you would receive me. Mm -hmm. You can choose to prepare a room uh, at the same time, prepare a room. Because, uh, for I'm hoping that through your prayers, maybe you choose not to pray, Mm -hmm. I will stay in prison, Mm -hmm. or or you want me to stay in prison. Everything is a choice. Mm -hmm. You need to, out of the relationship of but out of your relationship with Christ you need to make these choices. Mm. And if those choices are to mm. do whatever, I am not I'm not set here to put myself between you and Christ and say that you mm. shouldn't or you should you But mm. make sure we have a clean clean pipe with Christ first mm. according to scripture of course. You cannot say that what Christ told me that uh, Drinking or pornography or uh, adultery is,
0: is the way uh, to have a relationship with him, of course. Prayer, yeah. That, is, that goes without that saying. That goes without saying, of course. Mm. According mm. to Scripture. Do mm. you guys... Um, well, I guess the question I had was, did, do you guys... Um, I didn't uh, grow up in the church. Did you guys grow up as yeah. Christians? Do you guys relate to kind of how... Uh, Daniel grew up and stuff, and having very sort of uh, parents that was very much like you're in or you're out sort of sort of uh, mentality. Or was was your growing up Christian different? Yeah, I mean, I've always been
3: uh, more of an uh, in or out person. It's all in or all out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not really sure that my parents had that mentality, mm-hmm. uh, but I did mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been a real struggle at sometimes because Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm not really sure whether I want to be all in on something Mm -hmm. on to share so when I'm having doubts
0: that's very difficult but you you said uh, you did grow when when did you um, how old were you when you first uh, um, received Jesus Yes, I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. it was
3: actually at the, uh, the summer camp here. Was it? So, it's cool. ten, fifteen 10-15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But then it's been uh, a little bit back and forth, especially when I started going to university. Mm. I had a real, uh, I guess you could say crisis.
0: Mm. Crisis yeah. of faith, yeah. What nice. is it you will. Hi, you are. Hi. Nice, nice to meet you. Hello. Hello. Victor, uh, what did you study at, at
3: university? Yeah, business in economics. Okay. Uh, at the university in Johns so it's Oh, close. About, uh, you know, yeah. 10, what is it, what, what?
0: Well, how much is it, in my I don't know.
3: About half of it. Five,
0: five, five. Swedish whites. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Did you grow up in, in
2: the church? Yeah, I did. You did? And I, I, I don't think uh, my parents, in some areas, it would, of course, there was things we had to do. and But I also think that it was something I put on myself, especially in my teenagers. I think it's like both in the way I looked at myself, but also in the way I looked at others. Uh, and I think I, and that's still something I have to struggle with, I think, uh, because uh, not as much anymore, but still when I look at another Christian and I think and I see, that, okay, they do this
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that's not the way I think the people teach us to live and then
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially in my teenagers I was like, well, how can you call yourself a Christian if you, if you do that and then, mm-hmm. of course I have to to apply that to myself, uh, hmm. and yes, yeah, so, so but, but I still think that's that's um, also when I started in India three four years ago, I think, and that's uh, that's something different than when what I was uh, I was growing up in a Lutheran uh, church. <laughs> It's very conservative, and that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. something different and very new to me when I come into India and yeah, I just see. Okay, well, there's everyone is different, and they do, yeah. And and but I think that's really also what I like about India. That people are just welcome, and and then, and you come in, and it's okay mm. and that you're not perfect, and you're not uh, living all the truths from the Bible. It's mm. okay because. It's just about loving Jesus and then, then we can grow together and,
0: mm. and, and yeah, learn to be more like Christ. I guess you guys yeah. have heard of uh, this, um, it's taken out of, uh, the a phrase used in sociology uh, called Centered Set. You guys heard about that? Centered. Centered Set. No. Um so traditional churches are is a model where they would they would call that uh, a bounded set, where it's um, you're in or you're out. Mm. It's us yeah. and them. And the churches in Vineyard have have tried to apply and pursue what they call a centered set model, and that is that instead of us and them, in or out, um, the only center that they're pursuing is Christ. And that all of us, regardless wherever we're at in life, um, our, our job is to first direct our own life, arrow, whatever, towards the center, which is, which is Christ. And then to help others... Turn their arrow towards Christ, and so uh, you're in a good position in life. You could have grown up in the church, but if you're and and have always maybe been close to Christ, but if your arrow is not towards pointed at Christ, you're in actually in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Whereas versus somebody who maybe never grew up in church at all, but somebody invited them and suddenly they're quite interested, and their life is. Directed towards the middle, towards Christ. So they you know traditionally they would say um, uh, in the bounded set model, they would say uh, uh, believe, or no, they would say behave first, get all of your act get all of your bad habits out of the way, then believe, and then you can belong. Right? But in a centric set model, they would say, um, come. Come as you are. Belong. And begin to believe. And then, what will happen is that you the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and it will cause you to behave. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will transform your life. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that, that comes from, uh, you know, relationship, mm-hmm. relationship with God and relationship with others, and that's that's what it's about. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts or questions?
3: Yeah. One last thing I noticed was in the final greetings, he says Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. I guess Mark and Luke are the gospel authors. Or is that a traditional understanding? Luke is, for sure. Yeah. Mark? <laughs> a little
0: bit more uncertain. I'm a little there uncertain.
3: be more Marks
0: out there. Yeah. I'm a little uncertain on that one. But for sure, Luke. Uh, Luke is was uh, consistently traveled with Paul. Um, Mark, I would just need to double check. Mm-hmm. It's sure. certainly a possibility. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, absolutely. Yes. Any other questions that you guys thought of? Uh, the one thing I, I have wrestled with this, especially when talking about this context of slavery, because I came across, it's interesting, I chose to do this seminar, and then, I don't just randomly, I started hearing some uh, unchurched people, both those I knew and those that didn't know argue against Christianity because of its tolerance of slavery, you know. And I was like, is that really, really what's there, you know? And so, as I sort of read and thought about this, you know, like, okay, why isn't this, this, the, because there's this whole section in one of Paul's letters where he says, you know, uh, those who are. Slaves or bond servants, you know, serve your earthly masters as you would Mm -hmm. to Christ. Crap, are you kidding me? Why doesn't he just like full on stop? Yeah, that's in Ephesians. Is it Ephesians. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't he just come out and say it like this, you know? And so, and then like here, this letter to Philemon would be just a very um, easy way to just so bluntly say, hey this is sin, this is wrong, stop, you know? And he could have done that in Ephesians as well. And I started thinking about this, and about history and stuff. And one of the things that I, I have come across this, or, no, that's the wrong way to say it. One of the things that I have thought about, That maybe, have you guys heard of... Um, Count Zinzendorf? Okay. Hmm. Um, in the... Um, 1600s or so, there was a group of people in, in an area of Germany that they gathered together and... Um, they essentially started uh, 24-hour prayer before 24-hour prayer was a thing, and they they had a gathering of prayer 24 hours um, where they were praying every hour, night and day, for over a hundred years without without stopping. And they, they many would give like the modern. Uh, mission movement credit to that came out of that movement and many of them in that time they felt led by God to go and sell themselves into slavery so that they could reach the slaves for Christ and so this whole letter where he writes in in the end uh, Paul a prisoner for Christ. He emphasizes that twice. I've thought about that, and I, 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 I wonder if one of the big themes that Paul is uh, potentially emphasizing is that there are more important uh, aspects to the kingdom than our individual rights, and that our that it's the laying down of our rights for the sake of, of loving certain others is, um, is a key like tenet or foundation to God's kingdom because that's exactly what Jesus did for us he laid down his right as the son of God to be willing to die for our sake so we could enter in so that was something that stuck with me as I've read this. With the idea of, is there something? Are there things in my life that I need to be willing to lay down mm-hmm. and not hold as my right? Because in our culture today, we're uh, we're all about our rights as citizens and human beings, human rights and stuff. And there seems to be a when we have a chance to lay them down for the sake of others, that's, definition of love, maybe. Anyway, that's all I got, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I I hope that this sort of uh, method could be helpful to you guys in your your life and your with Jesus. And um, yeah, if you guys ever have questions, I'm going to be here.